Hey, everybody, this is the next episode in the Diabetes Variable series. So it's going to be me and Jenny Smith. Jenny, of course, is a 30-plus-year type 1, a CDE, a nutritionist. She's, uh, she says a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, she's here today to talk about uh, a new topic, something that might come up in your life that very well may impact blood sugars. Today, the variable that Jenny and I will be talking about is bad sights. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. On the front page of juiceboxpodcast.com, a lot of the series that are within the podcast have their own space, like on the website, so you can see them, because I know there's a lot of episodes. Today, I've added the variable series, so that's there now as well. So if you're looking for a certain episode you're not sure what episode number it is, head there and do a little scrolling. You'll find it. I'll get started right after this brief message from our sponsor. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. All right, Jenny. So I have four of them set aside to try for today. One of them, I, I can't wait to see how you respond. But the other ones are, are, are I, I'm going to start with a couple that are shorter, I think, and um, and then see see what we're going to get to. So okay. I, this one, I think, is going to be a really short variable. But I want to talk about bad sites. Mm. So just you're using an insulin pump. And the site stops being as effective as you expect or as you've, I guess, experienced already with the site. But people have the hardest time bailing Changing on a pump it. site. Yeah. It's that they the hope that sticks with them is sometimes fascinating. And I can't tell if it's the – if it's this thing supposed to last this long, damn it. <laughs> like, I'm not giving up. Or, I mean, I even get if it's money. Um but, right. you know, like if you're saying, I, I, I don't want to take this thing off, but if you have insurance, so I guess the first thing to say to people is if you have insurance and you experience bad sites, your provider can write you a prescription for more stuff if that becomes necessary. Right. That's right. not uncommon. To change more frequently. Not at all. Yeah. No. In fact, with all the pumps, I think there are people who definitely find I get to day two. I can maybe make it to day two and a half if it looks like it's really, really still working well, but I don't push it anymore to day three. So yes, I mean, if you're one of those people, then just don't push it, know what you know, and ask your doctor to write for changes every 48 hours instead of every 72. Yeah. It, it's so uh, an example is, you know what the funniest thing about diabetes is whenever I go to talk about it, <laughs> I always have a fresh example because it just <laughs> never stops. Uh, but Arden and I are going to go shopping this afternoon together. We're going out Fun. to find little baskets to put on her shelves that she put up. She put up shelves, then she wants to put baskets on the shelves. I've been a stay-at-home dad for a long time, so that seems like a reasonable way for me to spend my afternoon to me. But For bunny eggs or something, or I what mean, is she putting baskets 17, I don't know stuff. what she's putting up there. Hopefully, she's not hiding, you know, paraphernalia. Stuff. Like, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which I don't believe she is. Uh, but not the point. The point is that I woke up this morning to 
find that Arden's blood sugar had been fairly sticky at like 140 overnight. And I thought, oh, we must have missed on the last thing that she ate. And, you know, the basil's holding her nice and steady. I'll bolus this. I bolus it, and it doesn't move. And as soon as that happened, I thought, this site is shot. Like, it just, it hits me, like, immediately. Now, do I yank the pump off her right away? No. I, I, I turned all of her settings up a little bit. I made all of her insulin stronger. And it worked. And then when the settings reverted back, it drifted back up again. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, she's not getting insulin correctly anymore because I'm not getting what I expect. Right. Um, and so I told her just before you and I did this, I said, listen, do one more bolus because that's going to bridge this time. I'm going to be talking to Jenny. And then I said, and then we're going to pull your pump before we go, before we go out. Cause I mean, to get eight more hours out of this thing, I mean, I guess we could just jack it up. It's probably leaking, right? Or something. Yeah, or what? So what are all the things that could go wrong with a site? Yeah, it's like a rabbit hole of information about site, right? <laughs> it really is. Um, so what could it be? It could be that the site is in a place that just got bumped or nudged or something. And so now it's not really working as well under the site. Maybe you developed like a little tiny, like, I don't know, like a clot, let's say, mm-hmm. but it's not absorbing quite as well. Thus, when you bump everything up and now you're jacking in a little bit more insulin, it's kind of pushing out enough to overcome whatever the reason for the resistance is at the site. Okay. It just could be that this area, especially if you've documented enough to know, oh, the you know the right hip and the left hip don't absorb as well after day two. So let's just change it when it's in those locations sooner than later. Yeah. So it could be the site, right? Um, you know, variables of site, it could be infection mm-hmm. at the site, especially in infections. I usually, usually you know that you have something starting Um, even if it's a mild infection, I'm not talking something major, but usually the site hurts. Um, it's sore. Um, you might even notice a little bit of bruising, like outside the cannula kind of area, but definitely it's sore and sites should not be sore. Um, I mean, they should be with the little flexible cannula under the skin, um, and, or even the ones who use the steel infusion sets, it shouldn't hurt. Okay. So I have, I'm going to make an omission here or not an omission an admission. I'm going to admit something. Omission is when you leave something out. Yes. Admit. Okay. When you, you have to admit something. Right, what are you going to admit? I, Arden's had diabetes since she was two. And I hear people say my pumps occluded all the time. I've never s- figured out what they mean when they say that. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I mean, I understand the word, but mm-hmm. I mean, physically, like it, the word makes me feel like somebody stuck bubble gum in your tubing, you know, like, but <laughs> you know, that's obviously not it. So w- when people say I got an occlusion, what are they talking about? Well, a true occlusion is different than a site that's technically gone bad. Okay. Um, in a site that is occluded, occluded means like, you know, like the tubing is straight underneath the skin and typically tubing will be bent visually to some degree when you remove it. And most pumps, I know at least Omnipods, um, if you have an occlusion and your pod errors, it will tell you that it's either a pod error or it will tell you that a pod occlusion is detected 
and to change the pot at that point. Okay. So, and all of the pumps will register an occlusion based on a certain amount of insulin that gets backed up into the pump and it triggers the alarm to say this insulin hasn't gone in up to this certain amount. And each pump has kind of a designated amount that triggers that occlusion alarm. So an occlusion is definitely different than a site problem. Right. Um, now an occlusion could be it could be um, something that starts to make the site not feel good too. Cause obviously if you've got like a bent cannula under the site, that, could hurt. that might be more irritating than something that's just supposed to be sitting straight. Right. Yeah. Um, most often though, what I've found is that an occlusion will happen soon after a site change. Okay. But a bad not site, always. Yeah, but a bad, but a bad site, site could be two, three days in, et cetera. But right. an occlusion usually is sooner than later in the life of a site, mainly because it usually happens on the site being put under the skin. Okay. Something has triggered it to bend, um, et cetera. Um, could it happen while you're wearing it? Yes, it could. Well, more likely from the injection but itself. More likely from the actual puncture under the skin. I yeah. should knock on some wood, but in 13 years or more of using Omnipod, Arn's had one bent cannula ever. And I've never seen the occlusion thing. I actually think it's kind of cool that Omnipod, if Omnipod thinks you're not getting insulin correctly, the thing just errors and shuts off. Yes. Like, it's just like, look, this is bad for you. I'm going to force you to put on a new insulin pump now. Yeah. Which is I've always thought too, it has more checks and balances to alerting sooner than later that something isn't right mm -hmm. internally than the other pumps. Yeah. So I also don't see them as much since they took the um, manufacturing in, in house. Oh, you know interesting. I mean? Yeah. Since they moved from China to, I just did an interview with them not too long ago, but since they moved that they, they have a, if you've never seen it, it's astounding. Like the manufacturing facility in in Massachusetts. in Boston. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's it too. Okay, so so here's the bigger question, I guess, and how to wrap this up. You learn what a bad site and bad site is just a colloquial phrase. It's not a technical yes. term. It's a, it's a phrase that stops working the way you want it to. Uh, uh, excuse me, a site that stops working the way you want it to work. You start to notice them after experiences like and then yes. you kind of like figure out when you can be like this is bad i'm i'm jumping on this so there's no real i don't think there's any way in this conversation to say just look for this this and this other than to say if the site's not acting like you expect if it's towards the end of the site life maybe switching now is a good idea do you have anything to add to that or is that kind of it it's it's kind of true i mean if you have enough hindsight from your life with diabetes, right, from experiences, you can say, well, my lunch usually does this, my breakfast usually does this, my run in the afternoon usually does this kind of thing. And if it's not, and considering other variables that could be impacting towards a higher blood sugar, if none of those are really in the picture, I usually, our recommendation, take, take a correction, like you kind of did, you drove a correction in and you're like, huh, that didn't do anything. Don't, don't play, just right. change it out. Just change it out. Get some insulin going again. Who knows what the reason was? I mean, you could play with thinking about what the reason is forever. Just change it out, deal with the high blood sugar and move on. Okay. All right. So cool. Thank you.
I know that's a short episode, so I'm going to have a little more for you right after this. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com slash risk. So the diabetes variable series is coming along pretty well. So far, there's trampolines, temperature, travel, exercise, hydration, food quality, tunneling, video games, stress, masturbation, school, and today's episode, bad sites. I think it's working out well putting them out on Fridays, so expect that to keep happening. And uh, that's pretty much it, I guess, on the variables front. Now, if you're new to the podcast, don't miss out on other series like the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes, Defining Diabetes, After Dark, Algorithm Pumping, How We Eat. There's so many to choose from. I'd also like to let you know about the private Facebook group that's dedicated to this podcast. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It is a private group, as I just mentioned, meaning you're going to have to answer a couple of questions to prove you're a real person to get in. But once you're in there, you're going to be with at least, I mean, at this point, it'll probably be 16,000 by the time you hear this, but at least 15,000 people just like you talking about type 1 diabetes. And it really is a a kind and valuable space. So don't go there expecting like, oh, it's Facebook. I'm going to fight with people. It's not like that. It's actually pretty great. There's a link in the show notes if you need it. Anyway, if you don't want to, I mean... You know, cool. But I just want to let you know it was there. I hope you're very much enjoying the podcast. I hope you're just enjoying the podcast, actually. Very much seems excessive. If you are, please share it with someone else who you think might also enjoy it. And if you're a practitioner and you're listening, hi! And if you're a practitioner and you're listening and you're suggesting this podcast to other people, hi! And thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, guys. I'll be back really soon. Plenty more to come. We're going to finish the year up super strong with a ton of great episodes. Uh, By now, the podcast has crested easily 4 million downloads. Um, There were more downloads in 2021 by August uh, than there were in all of 2020. And 2021 might reach a real milestone at the end. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, We'll do a little celebration when it happens at the end of the year.